Welcome to a daily word of encouragement with Celebration Church in Thomasville, Georgia. We believe that the Bible is God's word to all people. We love God, we love each other, and we are changing our world one relationship at a time. We want to help you know and love God's word. Join Pastor Jimmy Bryson each day as we discover how to seek God and live our lives encouraged by his word. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning from Southwest Georgia. My Ayung Boontag to my Philippine friends. Uh, buenos dias to my, whoa, to my Hispanic friends. Going to be in Psalm 24 this morning. I'll read a couple verses in, uh, in just a few moments. Uh, sitting back on the, uh, on the porch behind my house, just to share with my wife. It's a little chilly here this morning. Fall is in the air, except until about 4 o'clock this afternoon, then summer comes back. Um, so if you want to uh, grab your Bible, grab your Bible app. I'm going to read from Psalm 24 for just a moment. I realize I'm a little bit early today. <coughs> Excuse me. I got a real early start this morning. Went ahead and worked out uh, at the Y in the gym. Um, did my Bible reading and had some prayer time earlier this morning. And so I'm just going to go ahead and come on a little bit early. So I realize more people will come back and watch later because most folks are expecting to be, me to be on in about 15 or 20 minutes or so. But if you happen to be watching now, just go ahead and click the like button or comment or something like that. And um, if I see that, I don't see all of them. If I see that, I will say hey to you this morning. So Psalm chapter 24. Psalm chapter 24. I'm just going to read it. It's only, what, eight verses? Uh, ten verses. Ten verses. It's a very, very powerful psalm. Uh, before I read it, Psalm, so we were in Psalm 22, hey Lola, Psalm 23, and then Psalm 24. So Psalm 22 is a prophetic psalm written, so when it was written by David, it was a prophetic psalm looking forward, looking forward to the crucifixion of the King, Jesus, okay? So Psalm 22 begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if you weave your way through 22, uh, we read it a few days, a couple of days ago. It's a clear picture. It's a clear prophetic picture of the cross. I remember when I was uh, a young, young preacher boy, I asked an older pastor, um, I, I was, I was concerned about, you know, if I were going to be a pastor for say 30 or 40 years. And so now I'm like 35, 36, I'm getting close to 40 years. I was concerned back in the day about what I would preach. And so I, I calculated in my head, you know, all these sermons, you know, and how many times a week and funerals and weddings and revival services and special meetings and homecomings and just preaching and Bible studies and hey, brother Mike, and so I calculated in my head, you know, like thousands, like thousands and thousands of messages that I would maybe preach one day. And so I said to this, it was actually my grandfather uh, the day before he died. I called him Papa. I said, Papa, what, what am I going <laughs> to, what am I going to preach all those years? Got to understand, I'm like 26 years old, wet behind the ears. What am I going to preach all these years? And that was a great concern for me, you know, because that's a major part. Uh, not all that pastors do, but it's a big part of what we do. And he said, uh, he said, son, you can open your Bible anywhere, Alabama. You can open your Bible and read it anywhere you, anywhere you open, you can read it. And you're going to find Jesus somewhere on that page. And so if all else fails, just open your Bible, look for Jesus in a text and make a beeline to Jesus. 
And so I remember that. Uh, and then I've, I've read other people, I think like Spurgeon and other people have said similar things. Uh, like you can find Jesus in Genesis 1-1 all the way to, to Revelation 21. Gen Jesus is all, he's in Genesis, he's in Exodus, you know, the foreshadowing and all that. And obviously the New Testament is Jesus. So anyway, um, so I've remembered that all these years. So now my, now my, my struggle is not what am I going to preach? What am I not going to preach? So I don't struggle as much with, man, what am I going to say? I struggle more with, man, what am I going to leave out if time is, you know, limited or whatever. So I said that to say this. In Psalm 22, when you read it, you see Jesus all up in Psalm 22. Hey, Katrina, um, it's a prophetic psalm of the crucifixion of Jesus. So in Psalm 22, we find David writing, and he presents Christ suffering and on the cross. Then 23 that we read yesterday, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And, and then the beauty of those six verses, I mean, powerful, poetic, and, and just, a, and just a, a, a beautiful and comforting psalm. So in Psalm 23, we see Jesus, or we see Christ as the great shepherd. So Psalm 22, Christ is the suffering, uh, the suffering, basically lamb on the cross, Psalm 23, he's a great shepherd. And then you get to Psalm 24, and, and, and David presents Christ as the coming king. So he moves 22, crucified on the cross, 23, the great shepherd, and 24, the coming king. So 24 is prophetic, but it's also right now. So just listen to a few verses here, and I'll make a couple comments that will hopefully uh, encourage you as you get your day started. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. I'm reading New Living Translation. So King James says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. New Living Translation, the earth is the Lord and everything in it. Now let that sink in on a moment for a moment before I come back and make a comment. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Now King James calls it the hill of the Lord. And it's probably referring to the city of Jerusalem, which was built on a hill, and probably referring, you know, maybe with the tabernacle or temple where the presence of the Lord dwelt. And so he's talking about who can come in, who can climb the hill of the mountain of the Lord and come into the presence of the Lord. Watch this. Who may stand in his holy place? He's talking about the presence of the Lord. Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. King James says clean hands and a pure heart. So only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies, they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. So who's going to receive the Lord's blessing? Those with clean hands, a pure heart, and you can put it like this, like um, clean hands, pure heart, and, and a clean tongue. Like what we do what's inside of us, what we think, how we feel, how we emote, and then what we say, what comes out of our mouths. Such people may seek you and worship you in your presence. So David says those are the ones that, that will really worship you in your presence. And so I'm just, I'm probably going to be all over the place in the next couple of minutes. So like when I think about worship, people like run into worship. I don't mean like run into a worship service, but like but, but maybe run into a worship service. But if we don't have clean hands and a pure heart, as we try to approach God in worship, that worship is not acceptable to him. Remember the first uh, murder in the Bible? 
Cain killed Abel. Remember why Cain killed Abel? Because God said the way that God demanded, the way that he be approached is through blood. So in those days, in order for someone to approach God, can you say worship? The way to worship God would be to bring some type of sacrifice of blood. So Cain goes out, he's a farmer. Cain gets the very best of the produce, the very best of his, he did the best he could do. Brought it to the Lord. Abel brought a blood sacrifice. God accepted Abel's offering. He rejected Cain's offering. And the King James says Cain was wroth, very wroth, and he rose up and slew or killed his brother. So the very first murder in the Bible was because one guy was enraged at another guy and the, the root of the issue was he was angry because God didn't accept his sacrifice and God accepted his brother's sacrifice. Well, all I don't mean all that is, but it was worship. It was worship. And so all through the scripture, God's the one that dictates and God's the one that demands how we approach him. So there in Genesis, when one person approached him the way God wanted to approach him, God accepted his worship. When the other guy, though it was his, though it was the best he could do from the produce, it was probably good, God rejected it. So in the same way, when we get to David and he says, who can come into the hill of the Lord? Who can come in the presence of the Lord? David says people with clean hands, how we live our lives, a pure heart, what's on the inside of us, and those who don't swear falsely, don't, one verse says don't tell lies. So we, we control what comes out of our mouth and what comes out of our mouth basically does not harm other people. Because if we swear falsely, swear deceitfully, tell lies, that always hurts other people. So what I'm saying is sometimes I think we just have this idea, we just go around living our own lives, you know, out of control or at least not in control by the spirit. And, and according to this passage, like is God really receive, is God really accepting our worship if our hands aren't clean, if our hearts aren't pure, and if our lips aren't also pure. So such people may seek you and worship you in your presence, clean hands, pure heart, and don't tell lies. And so here's, here's, the, um, here's the prophetic part. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, let the king of glory enter. It's interesting if you wanna study this out, the only time in the Bible he's called the king of glory is right here. And this is a majestic Psalm. Who is the king of glory? Strong and mighty. The Lord invincible in battle. I don't know if I got God bumps from just freezing out here on the porch, but I got bumps coming up all of my arms. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory and that's end of it. So that's a very prophetic Psalm about the coming of the king. So I've, I've made a few comments here. If you're, if you're making notes, just, just I'm gonna give you three thoughts, three things to think on as you come back and pontificate on this Psalm. Thought number one, uh, the king is in his proper place. The king is in his proper place. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's obviously a picture of the king on his throne. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created. Genesis 1.3, uh, the earth was without form and void and the spirit moved upon the waters. So you have God the Father, active at creation. God the Spirit, active at creation. Uh, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and then it gives in verse 3, everything that was made was made by Him. 
So what we have is in creation, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, three in one, tri, excuse me, triune, all active in creation. The point is who created? God. In the beginning, God created ex nihilo. When there was nothing, there was God. And, and, I, and I, I know I talked about creation a few days ago. It's all right. Um, if you think about it, in the beginning, there was God, nothing but God. And then God created. And so when you get to Genesis 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I'm sitting on our back porch, but it's not our back porch. I'm sitting outside my house, but it's not my house. I'm looking at the trees. They're not my trees. I'm looking at those little funky lights right there. You know, those little, those little lights. They're not my lights. I'm, I'm looking at, I, I watched the sunrise this morning. It's not my sunrise. Um, if the sun goes down, I watch the sunset. It's not my sunset. Uh, it's God's, and God's in control. The king is in his proper place. I mentioned to somebody Sunday after church. I was driving off, and a couple of ladies there, and I rolled my window down, and you know, because Ian and the storm had been brewing and all that, and and then I said, man, I, I, here's what I said. I said, I don't, hey, brother, I said, I don't believe in Mother Nature, but I believe in Father God, because everybody talks about Mother Nature, Mother Nature. You know, mother, we don't know about Mother Nature. Mother Nature is going to send, no, no, God is Father God. And then I made the statement that if I did believe in Mother Nature, I would say she's pulling cruel hoaxes on us because every morning we get up and it's in the high 50s and low 60s and by the end of the day we're sweating. That was just a joke there. hope you got it. Um, so I don't believe in Mother Nature. I believe in Father God. And Father God rules the seasons. It's hard to wrap our mind around. Father God is the one, if he's in control, dictates the weather. The earth is the Lord, the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So that's in verses 1 and 2. The king is in his proper place. And then Colossians 1.18 says, through creation, through creation, Jesus Christ uh, is, has proven to be preeminent or first in all things because he is a creator, he is a controller, he is a sustainer. So that should give us comfort today. I see you, Lola. You leaving for work? Uh, I'll catch you later. Lola's leaving for work. Bye-bye, Lola. So, so just remember today that no matter what you're going through, you're going through. But no matter the situation or circumstance you find yourself in, Father God's in control. <laughs> Does that make sense? You go, you know what you're talking about. I kind of do. Father God's in control. Second thought. Um, second thought. I'm trying to read my handwriting. <laughs> Who may approach the king? So the king is in his proper place on his throne. Who may approach the king? And I've already expounded on that. Those with clean hands, pure hearts, and, and clean tongues. So maybe today we can focus on, I'm saying we, not you. Maybe today I can focus on um, being intentional about having clean hands and a pure heart and a tongue that does not speak against other people. The tongue can be used to edify and build up. The tongue can be used to cut down and put down uh, who may approach the Lord. And so we're living in fantasy land if we think we can just go on living in sin. I mean, talking about believers live in the flesh and that God's accepting our worship. Um, so you can send your hate mail to my wife on that. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Y'all not going to send any hate mail on that. It's a sobering thought, though. It's a sobering thought. You know, like when I start trying to worship, how's my heart? How's my life? How are my lips? And then the third thought, 
here comes the king. <laughs> Who is this king of glory? Here comes the king. So, so the king is in his rightful place. Who may approach the king? You know, here. And then one day when we die, we'll be in the presence of the king in the king's house forever. And then that last part of Psalm 24 is a prophetic view, look toward the coming of the king. And I talked to somebody not long ago, and they mentioned that I don't, I don't say a lot about end-time prophecy. And, and I'm admitting this to you. I, I don't say a lot about it. Um, part of the reason is I know Jesus is coming, and I'm trying, uh, I'm trying to live my life to be prepared in case I'm alive when he comes, or I'm trying to live my life to be prepared if he takes me before because I will stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ and he will not judge me based upon sin. He judged sin at the cross of Jesus. But I will give an account for how I served him. And so will you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And so, so I know he's coming. You can read the premillennialism, amillennialism, postmillennialism. I'm kind of like panmillennialism. It's all going to pan out. You know what? Yeah, that's too simplistic of a... It is too simplistic. But theologically... Um, I'm not sure how it's all going to pan out. Um, you know, people, people, you know, you read this guy and he's got all these verses from, from Daniel and all these verses from Ezekiel and all these verses from whatever and all these few, a few verses from Jesus and then all these verses from whoever and all these verses. Then you read another guy and he's got the same thing and another guy's got the same thing and you can read their book and you can believe one thing about eschatology, the end times. You can, you can believe, oh, that's how it's all going to shake out. Then you can read another guy. I'm talking about godly men or a woman. And then you go, ah, you know, like they're godly and they're godly and they're, but they got, man, it can't be both. And so I'm just at a point in my life where I know he's coming and I need to be ready when he comes. So if that's too simplistic, um, I apologize um, uh, for the fact that I'm just a simple man. Somebody should write a song on that. I'm not saying it's unimportant, unimportant but all I do know is Jesus is coming and I need to be ready. Are you ready, child of God? Are you ready? If you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, bow your knee, bow your heart, accept his forgiveness for sins, the sacrifice that he gave on the cross, receive him as your Savior, Psalm 22, that you might be a child of God. And let's live our lives in the presence of the King clean hands, pure hearts, and clean lips.